You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 795 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland. Coming to you on a Monday evening, it's Tuesday morning, and before we get started on today's show, I want to remind you to subscribe to this very podcast. If you have not done that already, I really appreciate everybody that's already done that, but we already had a show this week that dropped overnight on Sunday into Monday with Zach Hood of Peachtree Hoops and a step back talking about the best wings available in the 2020 NBA draft, and uh, there's that and much, much more on this same feed, so check it out today. I really, really appreciate all of your support. As for today's show, it's just me today talking about the early entry decisions that were made in the last 24 to 48 hours. Lots of uh, impact, I would say, from lots of you know sort of stay or go decisions being made. So I figured it was a good time to weigh in on all of those, react to those, and uh, sort of catch up who's going to be available in the NBA draft as we get closer here. I have more guests planned for the next few days and weeks, but uh, here we are to talk about everything that transpired in the last couple of days in advance of the deadline. And by the way, just as a reminder, the NBA actually has a withdrawal deadline of August 17th for this draft. With that said, the NCAA has their own deadline of August 3rd, which is, of course, uh, today as I'm recording this on Monday. And uh, while technically a guy or two could announce a return and then still leave because they, they technically have two more weeks to declare for the draft if they want to leave, if anybody wanted to go, go back to college, which is the majority of these, these decisions and the majority of uh, players available that, w- that we usually talk about on the podcast, um, they have to make that decision by today. And as a result, that's going sort of the unofficial deadline of the NBA draft. So that sort of explains that. And again, the actual withdrawal deadline, by the way, for international players or college guys who have no interest in going back to college is actually not till October 6th. So anyone that's that's been declared for the draft Previously, that's not um, dealing with the NCAA. It has a long time before they have to withdraw, but there you go. Keep that in mind. And just in general, the August 3rd today is the biggest date for this cycle, and uh, just because of all the decisions being made and just the sheer volume of uh, all that was transpiring in the last few days. So I would touch on, on a bunch of players today. Uh, we'll save the guys um, that I like the most at the end. It's not like an order necessarily, but the most high-profile decisions I'm saving for the end, just to keep that in mind. Um, first, I will talk about Joel Ayayi from Gonzaga. He is going back to school. That was the decision that he made. That, honestly, that does not surprise me, um, especially with Gonzaga as maybe the number one team in the country for college basketball next year. Obviously, the overarching thing here on all kinds of prospects at the college level is that college basketball might be in some peril with regard to COVID-19. I'm not going to say that for every single prospect, so I'm just going to say it once right now. I do understand fully that the, it's kind of a weird decision-making process right now for a lot of these prospects. With that said, Gonzaga does project to be awesome next year. That's probably at least part of the decision-making process for some of the guys on their roster. Um, I do like Ayayi more than the consensus, honestly, and for me, he would have been a draftable player as like a, a pretty long-skilled combo guard. There are some flaws, though. He's not very strong with the ball yet. Defensively, not always consistent or physical, but I do like the way that he plays, his feel, and uh, his off-ball defense. So I think he, it could be very interesting for next year. Not going to be a star, probably, but someone I do want to keep an eye on as he goes back to college. Uh, next on the list is Ayo Desunmu from Illinois. He is also going back to school. I've never been the biggest fan for NBA purposes. He is a very, very good college player. This is big-time college news. Um, I think he'll be probably a preseason All-American next year. That's the kind of college player that he's been already at Illinois. 
Uh, the big thing for me in terms of his NBA prospects is that I don't love his shooting in general from the perimeter. I think he's an interesting guy who can create his own shot, though, and maybe create a little bit for others. We could certainly see his stock rise if he starts making more shots from three-point range in college, but I wanted to at least point that out. Uh, and people thought he was at least draftable entering this. I, I would probably agree with that, probably late in the second round for me, but uh, you know, keep, the, keep that in mind also in, when it comes to just context. I should at least mention that Kofi, Kofi Coburn, his, his teammate from Illinois, is also going to be going back to college. That one was more expected. Coburn might have been a first-round pick in a previous life. He's a traditional back-to-the-basket kind of big man. Not really an NBA prospect for me necessarily, but a very good college player and a huge thing for Illinois. Uh, elsewhere on this list, Matt Mitchell of San Diego State, who I wrote about at PeacetreeHoops.com not long ago, talked about a lot with Zach Hood previously on the Wing Preview podcast. Is going back to school also. I like Mitchell. I've always liked Mitchell. Um, you know, non-traditional guy, and then he's big and thick and strong, but he's still. Pretty, I think he's still pretty explosive. I am wondering how he's going to look at San Diego State without Malachi Flynn, who's in the draft. But I do understand Mitchell going back. Um, you know, most people don't think he's like a top fifty guy in this class, so there's always some peril there. Um, so I understand it. I wish he had gone. I wish he had come out. He might. He would have been a pretty interesting two-way guy for somebody. I think, but I understand the decision. A couple of other quick ones here. Uh, Jalen Crutcher going back going back to school. He is uh, Dayton's second best player. Obviously, Obi Toppin is the team's best player and most high-profile player. But uh, Crutcher did declare, and for me, he was not draftable in terms of where he is in my rankings. But I think he definitely has some fans around the league. Could be a guy who rises if the college season does end up happening because he's in a really good system, system at Dayton. He'll get a lot more attention, I would imagine, because Obi won't be there to take him, some of it away. I think he's actually a really good college player. We'll see about the numbers overall. Defensively, he's pretty small, but I do like Crutcher uh, for next year if he can uh, sort of fine-tune his approach. Um, a bunch more guys here, and again, I'm starting out not intentionally but with a bunch of guys who are going to be returning to college basketball. Uh, one of them is Trenton Watford. That's a pretty interesting one because he was a, uh, a top 20 national high school recruit last year. So like a borderline five-star guy who went to LSU. Wasn't great there, uh, but legitimately 6'9 with a 7'2 wingspan reportedly. Um, that is very, very long, obviously, and pretty interesting. I think he's a four at the NBA level long term, um, but he didn't shoot it very well at LSU. That's something that's in, in, definitely important to point out here. He's got some grab-and-go equity, though. I think he projects to be a pretty solid defender, so someone who isn't terribly sexy for being a really, really high, highly regarded high school prospect, but um, probably the right decision overall. I'm not sure where he would have been on my board, somewhere in the late second round probably, but uh, there you go on that. John Petty, who is Zach Hood's, one of Zach Hood's favorites, as we talked about on, on a previous podcast. Petty is a, is a sharpshooter, to be sure. He is heading back to Alabama. A 6'5 guy, 6'7 wingspan. We talked about him extensively previously, but I just want to say that it's perfectly reasonable for him to go back to college. Um, I'm not sure he's going to help his stock, though, to keep that in mind. I'm not sure he would have been drafted, though, so it's kind of that do-or-die thing where I don't, really, I don't really blame him either way, frankly. I think he probably would have been battling for like a two-way contract based on what I've heard about his stock, but a real shooter and uh, someone to, to keep an eye on for next year. Luca Garza had a really easy decision, although he's probably the most famous player on this list that, that is returning. Garza is the Iowa center who was uh, pretty much the runner-up for National Player of the Year behind Obi Toppin this year, and he's an he's an awesome college basketball player. Um, barely even talked about him though in our primer about big men, in part because I assumed he was going to come back to college, but also, you know, he's someone who was not going to be drafted this year almost certainly. I think he's just not a not really a modern NBA player. I think offensively he, there is a lot of skill there, but defensively I'm not really sure how it's going to work professionally. He'll be a good player in Europe for a long time. I'll be surprised if he carves out an NBA career, but still an awesome college thing, uh, awesome college player and a big get for Iowa coming back. 
Uh, two more guys before we get to a break here. Chris Smith of UCLA is returning a 6'9", sort of hybrid guard forward type. Actually played a lot of guard, I would say, at UCLA this year. But he was the first-team All-Pac-12 guy. Um, good numbers. He's still pretty raw. I think he actually could benefit a little bit. UCLA is going to be loaded next year, quietly. But the consensus, the consensus on him was that you know he probably goes undrafted if he stays in the draft. I'm probably with that. I think he would have been maybe a late second-round pick, but... Um, there are a lot of tools there for Chris Smith. He's the kind of guy who could really uh, could really rise next year if he puts it all together. But uh, I'm okay with this decision of him going back, given where he was probably going to go in the draft. And finally, you have Eves Pons from Tennessee. A 6'6 guy with a 6'10 wingspan as a forward. A defensive freak, honestly, in terms of tools and the ability to create havoc on man on the floor. I'm just not sure what it's going to look like on offense, frankly. I'm not, I'm not sure what he's going to bank on offensively in the NBA, and that's probably the reason why he's, his stock was kind of all over the place uh, and not necessarily great. But a lot of fun to watch. Tennessee's going to be really good next year as well, and he'll be going back to uh, make some more highlights on the defensive end of the floor. Okay, before we get to a bunch more guys on the list, and uh, I would say most of the more, most of the more high-profile guys are on the second half of this podcast, but before we get to that, a word from the good folks at my bookie. Say it with me now, sports are back. We've all been waiting for this day since March, and now that it's here, I've only got one thing on my mind. It's MyBookie.ag. MyBookie is a home run, a slam dunk, and a triple overtime game-winning shot all wrapped into one. MyBookie has up-to-the-minute odds on all your favorite teams with basketball, baseball, and soccer and more underway. There's never been a better time to start playing. With MyBookie, it's really easy. You bet, you win, and they pay. If you're feeling good about your favorite team's chances this year, be sure to check out MyBookie's NBA and World Series future bets. Nothing shows that you believe in your squad, like betting on them before the season restarts or even starts. But why stop there? Smart bettors are always looking towards the future, and in this case, that means all kinds of basketball, hockey, and football action. MyBookie is already taking bets on all of your favorite NBA, NHL, and NFL games. There's never been a better time to start exploring the world of online sports betting. If you join today, MyBookie will match your deposit 100%, plus they'll toss you a free bet of $10 on a Major League Baseball future. All you have to do is enter the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA when, when, when you sign up to take advantage of this very generous offer from MyBookie. Remember, at MyBookie, the terms are very, very simple. You bet, you win, and they pay. Today's podcast is also brought to you by the good folks at CBMD. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or if you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair, everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. First, CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief from muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. From there, CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like vitamin B6 to give you the support that you need where it matters most. And to make things even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else that CBDMD has to offer, they are offering our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that is CBDMD.com, promo code NBA, for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD.com. One more time, that is CBDMD.com, promo code NBA. All right, and we'll roll through with some more high-profile prospects to talk about and their decisions that were made in the last few days, one of which is Tyrell Terry of Stanford, who is going to be staying in the NBA draft and leaving Stanford. I will not spoil our point guard primer, which Zach and I will be doing in the near future, but with that said, Terry is a first-round pick for me. Uh, probably a late first-round pick, but still a first-round pick. One, one of my top 30 guys on my board. 
Uh, definitely a high-end shooter and a pretty good ball handler. Uh, he's not very exp- he's not very explosive, and he's pretty physically weak. Definitely a lot of questions there. I think defensively could be okay in time if he gains some strength. But uh, I do like him as a shooter. Uh, I'm not sure he's going to explode by, by anybody in the NBA, but with his shooting, there's a lot to like there. And I think he, he would be a good fit on some teams as a supporting piece. So a first-round guy to keep an eye on, and we'll talk more about him when we get to the point guards later on in the process. Um, Jared Butler, also sort of a point guard, combo guard type from Baylor. He's going to go back to school. This is one of the more high-profile guys that's going to come back to college. Uh, 6'3 guard, for me, a top 40 player. So that tells you that I think he probably should have stayed in from where I had him. With that said, he's a good ball handler. He can shoot off the dribble and pull-up situations. I think he actually play defense as well. He's pretty strong and physical. I'm not sure about his upside overall, but honestly, his passing is not like super overwhelming for a point guard. But I think he's a pro. I think he's going to be a good backup backup guard in the NBA with some upside beyond that as well. I think again, I think I my general rule is to not criticize a college kid for doing anything, uh, leaving or coming back. Um, just for me, I think he probably should have left from a stock from a stock perspective because of the uncertainty with college. The fact that I think I think he would have been drafted. It may not be a great spot for him, but I think he would have been picked. And usually, guys with pedigree like that, they get picked, get some money guaranteed, but. Alas, I understand it, and also Baylor is going to be an awesome college team next year, which I'm sure matters in some way here, uh, as he'll be joining with Macy Oteague back at Baylor. Uh, Robert Woodard from Mississippi State is staying in the draft. We talked about him on our combo wing uh, slash forward discussions earlier with Zach Hood. Uh, but a top 40 guy or so for me, Robert Woodard, he'll turn 21 in September. He's a power athlete at like 6'7", six, 6'8", seven, six, with a 7-foot wingspan. I think he has some pretty big highlights on tape, frankly, defensively. He shot well from three this year on a pretty small sample size, but still shot it very well, over 40% from three. I'm not sure that that's a real number for him, but there's enough there where I can buy the shooting, to be sure. And I think he's uh, someone who could be like a rotation caliber combo forward, and those guys are always in short supply. So a guy that should be monitored closely, and he'll be staying in the draft, obviously. He could be in the mix for the Hawks um, late second round if he's still on the board, which I actually would probably bet against, but he could be. I guess he could be there long term. Uh, Aaron Henry from Michigan State is going back to school. Uh, Aaron Henry is someone I've always liked a whole lot, uh, and I'm not, but, but I'm not surprised because I think there was a lot of buzz that he's going to go back to Michigan State. Most likely, he cho- he chose to do that. Um, defensively, he really appeals to me. I think he's got some offensive equity as well, long term, especially if he continues to improve his shooting. I think he's really versatile and talented defensively, but. Um, you know, he goes to attack the rim a little bit. It wouldn't surprise me in any way, shape, or form if he was first-round pick next year. Um, not going to be like a top-10 guy, I don't think, but I think there is a lot to like about Aaron Henry. Um, he had a, some weirdness with Tom Izzo this year. I'm not sure that's going to continue, but he's back and now is the best returning player for Michigan State. That's a spoiler alert for later on the podcast. But I like Aaron Henry a lot, and uh, I would like to see him stay in the draft, but I totally understand that why he wouldn't because his stock was kind of all over the place if you read the tea leaves. Uh, Corey Kispert from Gonzaga is going back to school. He will join Joel Ayayi, who I let off this podcast with. Kispert's a better prospect right now. I think a much more safe prospect. Uh, 21-year-old uh, wing, 6'7", maybe 6'6", somewhere in there, with uh, a good frame, good sturdy frame, a top 40, 45 guy for me, most likely, in this class if he had stayed in. Uh, a really good shooter. I think he shot like mid-40s from three this year. Uh, very, very good shooter. Uh, I'm not sure he's elite, but certainly a very good shooter. Um, pretty versatile player. I think, I think he'll be able to defend in the NBA uh, decently, or maybe even better than that. He's not going to be a shutdown guy, but I think like a 3 and D rotation player certainly is in the cards for him potentially at the NBA level. I think if you can draft him in the top 40, 45 picks, that would have worked out fine. But again, Gonzaga has the allure of being a title contender, which I'm sure played in here, and Kispert uh, is going to go back to pursue that. Uh, two more guys to touch on real quickly before we get out of here. One of them is Isaiah Joe, who is going back to school. Uh, a top 40 guy for me again. 
Um, and I think I just I just love the shooting. That's the big thing with Joe. We talked about that a lot with Zach when he was on the podcast with me recently. But Joe's shooting is definitely his calling card. He didn't it didn't go in all that much this year, but the volume is really there. It, it takes some skill to get off that many threes. And I'm not surprised he's going back to school because of uh, his stock being all over the place as well. But Arkansas is going to be good. They got Moses Moody, who's a top t- is sort of a top tier recruit coming in. Uh, Joe could use some more development as well. If he shoots it well next year, I think you can certainly can see him in the first round. He's got to get bigger. He's got to get stronger defensively, especially. But the instincts are okay. I, I like him as a shooter a lot. And uh, I think he would have been one of the best shooters in this class if he if he had stayed in. That still applies for next year, I would assume. But uh, someone who I would have liked to see come out. But I also understand that I was higher on him than the consensus. So I totally understand why he is headed back to Arkansas. And then the last guy on today's podcast is Xavier Tillman, who, we, who we've discussed at length on the show in different segments, both on our Big Man Primer as well as when I've had guests on the show. He's been one of the beloved draft Twitter guys in a lot of ways. I love him as well, which is a bit odd because I know I'm a Michigan guy. But he's a Michigan State guy, but he's an awesome player. He'll be staying in the draft after, honestly, a lot of drama. There was there was a report out there a few weeks ago that he was going to come out. Um, then there was one that was having him go back in the draft. Uh, sorry, back, back to college. So there was a lot of waffling, uh, at least behind the scenes maybe. Uh, ultimately, though, he's staying in the draft. Spoiler alert for me, he's in my top 20 overall. Certainly a first-rounder for me. I'm not sure he's going to stay in the first round for everybody. Because um, I think I, I think I'm definitely higher on him than the consensus would be around the league. And if, if everyone was as, higher, was as high on him as I am, he would have definitely stayed in the draft very quickly, I would imagine, because of his, uh, you know, his situation. Anytime you're a top 20 pick for anyone, you should probably stay in the draft. But obviously NBA teams are not as high on him as I am. But in short, I just trust the defense a ton. I think his basketball IQ and his feel and the way he plays the game is like pretty, I don't want to say elite, but certainly high end. I think he feels the game extremely well and his defense is really good uh, in this class. I also think he's like really strong and physically ready NBA wise. Um, he's a good passer. He's a good short roll guy. Um, not going to be an offensive star by any means as a scorer, but he was just an awesome college player for two straight years. The numbers back that up, both advanced and box score. He was just really, really good. His on-off stuff in college was mesmerizing. I watched a ton of Michigan State basketball because of my Big Ten affiliations, and it was just night and day when he was on the court versus when he was off the court. Uh, he's you know he he would have he would have been the best player in college basketball next year returning um, if he had, if he had come back he's an awesome player. With that said, he's gonna have to learn how to shoot. That's the one argument that maybe he could have improved his stock if he had learned how to shoot a little bit a little bit better uh, at Michigan State. But I'm all for a guy like Tillman developing in the NBA, where especially with the uncertainty this year. I'm glad he's coming out. I would have come out if I was him. He's old, he's an older guy as well, not a super young uh, prospect. So it was time. I think he should be a first-round pick. Am I sure he's going to be one? No. But, like, for instance, if the Hawks had a chance at him in the 40s or 50s, they should jump on it. Uh, I know they don't really need a big man, but that's the kind of value that you're getting from me um, with Tillman. I think, again, I have him around 20 in this class, so keep that in mind. But I love him. I think he's, I think he's pretty safe to be a rotation player. I'm not sure he's going to be a star again, but someone who uh, is going to help an NBA team at some point in time, in my opinion. So, with all that said, uh, nothing too terribly shocking. I think um, there were a couple of surprises um, along the way, but nothing in terms of uh, earth-shattering stuff. Like, Jerry Butler going, going back to school was probably the biggest surprise. Maybe Tyro Terry staying in the draft. There was some buzz that he might go back to college. So, nothing, uh, nothing crazy. I've definitely seen some crazier things, but update your draft boards. I know PeachtreeHoops.com, we're doing, as we always do, sort of a 
hundred player ish list of draft breakdowns and scouting reports, and uh, at least a handful of the guys that we've already written about and published elected to go back to college. That always happens, so no big problem. No, no, no big problem there. But uh, that's kind of what you're dealing with this time of year. And uh, as a reminder here, the NBA draft lottery is uh, just over two weeks away at this point in time. We are getting closer mercifully to an event on the calendar um and we'll obviously be talking about all kinds of stuff in advance of that and then uh, all about what's going to happen after the lottery that will allow us to have more informed discussions about where the hawks be picking etc etc again please subscribe to the podcast please tell a friend normally the show is a little bit longer than this but alas i am here by myself and uh it was a newsy day so there we go with some news again thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time